In 50 years, 80% of all jobs are gonna require creativity. It's one of the few things that computers can't replicate. So not only is it necessary on a soul and spiritual level, on a really practical life skill level, you need to learn how to be a creative thinker so that you can be financially viable in the future. Hello, this is your host, Alessa Ray. Welcome to the second episode of The Hustler Musician. Today, we're going to talk about creativity with an awesome guest, with a great guest. Amazing. And what was something creative that you did this week? My week was a little bit rocky because I was starting to wake up at weird hours to have Zoom calls and phone calls from the UK because I'm starting to do a training there. And we have like a huge gap between hours. Besides that, I also started to walk in the walking machine. And since it's a little bit boring, I tune great music or great podcast <laughs> to stay a little bit more energetic. <laughs> also, I took a little bit of time to just do nothing and be with myself. That's I think that's when creativity begins to flow, when you start to take a break and just chill a little bit. I, and also, I started to listen to this hilarious podcast called, it's called Call Her Daddy. And, uh, <laughs> but it's just for girls. If you're a guy, don't dare, don't you dare to listen to it. <laughs> So that was my creative inspiration this week. To be honest with you, I i mean, my inspiration comes when I have like free time, when I'm not stressed, when I'm spending time with friends, when I, I don't know, that's why my inspiration comes. I mean, if you listen to my music, you're going to hear that I talk a lot about my fun life. <laughs> let's say like that and i just need to have fun sometimes to be creative you know <laughs> i think you don't need to take life so serious all the time i'm gonna get stressed if i take life too seriously so i want to give myself a break and have a little bit of fun and not get very stressed because if i get too stressed then i tend to get depressed i tend to not sleep and those things block your creativity it's just like that i mean i i work like that myself i work like that and today we're going to talk a lot about creativity and what makes what makes you have for example writer blog and what to do to prevent having writer's blog also our relationship with fear how we can deal with fear how to overcome fear if that can be overcome you know or, or at least how to deal with fear because we all go through free fear and imposter syndrome and all these things that all creatives go through i read a long time ago um a book called The War of Art. I think that I'm going to do an episode talking only about that in a future because it's really interesting for creative people to know what resistance is, you know? Have you ever heard about resistance? I mean, every creative people go through resistance. It can be procrastination. It can be imposter syndrome, fears. And sometimes you just have to do the work. I mean, of course, take a break as well, because there's a thin line between working all the time and getting stressed all the time and taking a break because we all need to breathe and we all need to take a break. To be honest with you, everything that prevents you to be creative, either procrastination 
or fear or imposter syndrome. All those things, it's resistance. I found out after reading that book. And to be honest, I have to reread that book in order for me to identify when it's happening to me. You know, because sometimes we don't even realize that it's happening to us and we don't even know what's happening with us and why we are not creating. You know, we just put all these things in our mind. And today we're going to talk about with a, a great person. Uh, she's a singer, songwriter, and she's a podcaster. Her name is Lauren Lograsso. So she has this amazing podcast called Unleash Your Inner Creative, where she talks about fears. She talks about how the creative brain is wired. In her music as well, she talks about that. That's her main topic in her music. She has lots of credits as well. Some of her credits includes People Magazine, Girl Boss Radio, The Good Podcast, and she's a Zai Afra actress and much more. Thank you for your podcast. Thank you for your words, your message. I've been a fan of your podcast. Thank you for being here. Welcome, Lauren. <laughs> I can't wait. Thank, I'm honored to be on the show and I'm so grateful for your support and you've been wonderful and I'm really happy you're enjoying the podcast. I love it. Oh my God. Yeah, I feel that every word that you say, oh, she's talking to me. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so I read that you're also into acting and you're also into podcasts, of course. And it's kind of obvious, but how do they relate? I mean, in other words, tell me a little bit about your creative journey. Yeah, so I studied acting in college. I mean, I've been acting since I was like three. I did my first musical, I think, when I was three or four years old. And it's always been a dream in my heart ever since then. I got a BFA in acting, a BA in communication. Um, but they've always been connected to me. So I was doing acting and musical theater. And then I was also doing my radio show and working on my interpersonal communication degree. So I kind of have always seen the connection between the two. And even when I was in college, I thought that at some point, although at that point, I really just wanted to act, I thought that media would be a part of my life. I, at that point, though, I had no idea that I was a musician. Um, I knew that I was a singer. I knew that I was a musical theater actor, but I didn't know that I could write a song. Even though when I look back on my life, I've been writing since I was a little girl. But I ended up moving to LA to do an internship on The Ellen Show. And after a couple months, I stayed there. Um, I, and I got my two degrees. I got my BFA in acting and BA in communication through that internship. That's how I completed my degrees because I needed three more credits to get those two pieces of paper. So I'm like, I might as well do an internship. And that's something I highly recommend for anybody who's confused about what they want to do after school. If they've gone to school, just pick an internship to do and let that move you and see what happens next. So I did that. And um, the last week of my internship, I ended up getting a acting gig and I got to join SAG from that. So I thought like, this is amazing. I'm going to make it as an actress tomorrow. I'll probably be the star a, on a WB lot sitcom. That is not the case. Acting started really breaking my heart. I mean, I was going for it hardcore to the floor, but during that time, I'm super grateful that happened because during that time, I ended up starting writing music. I, I picked up a guitar and songs started flowing out of me. And within a year of writing my first song, I played House of Blues, The Viper Room, Hard Rock Cafe, Molly Malone's, all these huge, iconic LA venues. And I think it's because those songs had been me, in me my whole life. You know, I had always kind of written silly, fun little songs when I was little, but I didn't know a songwriter. I didn't know that 
that was a profession or a thing you could be. Of course, I knew there were people who did that, but I didn't conceptualize that that could be a real possibility for me. So during that time, I really started pursuing it and making it my number one goal. At the same time, I was super homesick and really missing Detroit, which is where I'm from. And so I would drive and listen to Sirius XM. And there was a show on there called Cocktails with Patrick. And I would pretend like I was back home in Detroit listening to this radio show because this guy was from my hometown and he would talk about a lot of local Detroit things. And it was really in that moment that I realized like audio is the most powerful medium and it's not just music. It's not just talking. It's kind of audio as a whole. And that's why I think it's awesome that you're doing this podcast because audio it's it's just like if you're good in one area, you, it's a good chance you'll be good in another area. But I, I ended up hosting it after Buzz TV, which led me to working at Sirius XM as a producer and an on-air personality. And that ended up leading to me working at this podcasting company now where I produce all these amazing female-led content, uh, female-led podcasts like the Goop podcast, Girl Boss Radio, Maria Shriver's podcast, Lauren Conrad's podcast, Brene Brown's podcast, all these really rich um, inspiring female entrepreneur empowerment podcasts. And so wow. during that time when I started Unleash Your Inner Creative, and it's amazing because I think the other reason why it's a really great thing for a musician or any sort of creative to do another creative project, maybe other than their main pursuit, mm-hmm. is because it gives you so much courage when you go back to do the thing that is in your field. When I did my podcast, yeah. I, if I hadn't done my podcast, I don't think that I would have ever taken the chance on myself and like put out my music because I've been sitting on these songs for years at this point. And it wasn't until I put out my podcast and saw how much self-esteem it builds and how good it feels to put something out that's been in your heart for a long time that I was finally able to do it. So I think for me, one hand washes the other. And it's all interconnected under the 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 greater uh, goal of serving and helping other people to claim their right to be here and to have a dream and to take up space to get fear out of the driver's seat and really just stand in their truth. And that's my overarching life purpose. And everything that I do feeds into that. So tell me now a little bit about your music, because I've heard that you're going to release a new single and also that you were a little bit scared to release the music because of COVID-19, everything that's going on right now. So I want to hear a little bit more about it from you. Yeah. So I actually think it's a really good time to release something if you can do it without too much financial strain. Um, because people really need content and they need something to inspire them. And also a lot of the pressures that are normally on music when we release something are off because the world's kind of, it's not ending, but the world as we knew it is ending. So, um, there's a lot less pressure. Like you don't have to think about like, oh my gosh, am I going to book a tour? Am I going to do a live performance? Like so many of the elements that usually surround a music release are out of it and you can really just focus on the release. So from that perspective and from the perspective of people really need something to grip onto and to be inspired by, I think it is an excellent time to release something. With my music release, um, I was scared initially with the first single just because I'd never done it before and because it is so personal. I mean, every time you put anything creative out into the world, it's like bearing a piece of your soul. But I asked myself the question, I asked myself when I do anything that is difficult, could I live with not, not doing it or not saying it? Or would I rather put myself out there, 
potentially succeed, potentially fail. You have to be okay with either option. But as long as I put myself out there, like how would that make me feel? And most of the time, the idea of a a potential failure is far less severe than the idea that you never took a chance on yourself and never allowed Mm -hmm. yourself to do something that you've had on your heart since you were a little kid. So I got over the fear when I finally realized that if I don't put this out, I will never be okay. And if I do and it, it goes somewhere, it's going to be the most amazing thing in the world. And if it doesn't, I can live with that because at least I took the chance. You speak in your podcast a lot about fear and rejection. I want to hear about your relationship with fear. How is your relationship with fear? My relationship with fear and rejection is still very much rocky. I, I could not say to you that I'm like, I'm fearless. Not at all. I'm scared all the time. But I, like I said, I think at this point, I'm more scared of regret than I am of failure. So even though I put myself out there and I'm like instantly scared, like when I post the cover myself, I feel vulnerable, but I'm going to do it because that's how I get my music out. And if I want to be a musician, how am I going to be a musician if I don't share my music? So I'm terrified, but I do it because I love singing because singing is my heart and I think that people will, even if it's not a perfect cover, like I've, I've done posts about this before, like maybe I made a mistake at some point, like I, and the, ch- the chord change, I didn't play it perfectly. I think people will forgive it because they feel the intention and they feel the feeling I had when I was playing it, which was joy. And so I try to focus on that with rejection. I'm, my skin is really thin. Like you wouldn't think it for how much I put myself out there, but I, I always say my skin's translucent. Like I am so sensitive. I'm trying hard. The thing I recently talked about on the podcast, the revelation I recently had about rejection is that just because I'm not somebody's taste doesn't mean I'm bad. So for instance, I don't like the way raw tomatoes taste. I don't Mm. like them. I think they're disgusting. Does that make raw tomatoes inherently bad? No. It means I don't like them. Somebody else, my dad is obsessed with them. He eats sliced tomatoes with salt on them. I think it's grotesque. But okay, we can conceptualize that, right? That raw tomatoes aren't inherently bad just because I don't like them. But why is it when it comes to our art, we can't have that same mentality. And so that's really what I'm striving to do is to realize that when I put something out and somebody doesn't like it, it doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it's not their taste. Now, if everyone's universally saying it's shit, that's another thing. But if it's like one or two one-off opinions and you're getting a lot of great validation from people you care about and whose opinions you respect, then you need to take that into account and realize that for the people that say, nah, I don't really like it, not my taste, it's just not their taste. It doesn't make your work bad. And so that's what I'm trying to do. That said, it still really hurts my feelings. <laughs> so I'm I'm in a constant battle with it. My relationship is definitely on the rocks. We don't love each other. Um, but like, we're trying to figure out if we can work it out. Oh my God. That's a great approach. Do you believe in God, by the way? Oh yeah. Love God. (laughs) And, uh, I, I just heard that someone told me uh, a couple of days ago that if you do not do what you're supposed to do here in earth, for example, your mission is like music or acting, even though if you're going to embarrass yourself or whatever, God is going to call you out when you die. Why you didn't do this? Why? Yeah. Why didn't you live the, the life that you deserved to live? Like you wanted that. Why, why you didn't give yourself permission to do that? 
Yeah, I I believe that. I believe um, in my song Rise, which is my most recent single, there's a part, this is a different thing, but I just, I love talking about spirituality. And there's a part in the bridge where I say, and when it's judgment day, tell me what you're going to say. You'll be on your knees feeling everything you did to me. And that came from something oh, yeah. that my friend Ashley told me, which is that when we die, also, we have a life review and we have to feel everything we've ever made anybody else feel good and bad so that we can learn from it. And it's kind of just a great thing to think about just in general, you know, like when you're going about the world, it really puts into perspective, treat people the way you want to be treated. But also Mm -hmm. if you've ever had an experience where somebody treated you poorly, knowing that you don't have to do anything, that at some point, they're going to feel everything they made you feel and understand what they did was wrong. So you don't have to say a word. Wow. So you didn't go to music school. You just start writing songs, right? Right. I didn't go to music school. I, Like I said, I've studied musical theater and um, mm. I got my BFA in acting and I always took voice lessons from the time I was 14. I've been taking voice lessons. So I knew music. I knew enough to like play some chords and do some sight reading, but I didn't mm ever study music until I started playing guitar. And then I've taken Mm. years of guitar lessons now. I've taken songwriting classes at the Songwriting School of Los Angeles. I've taken some online classes. Rob is the guy who started the Songwriting School of Los Angeles for you listener who you don't know that. Um, He's an amazing person and just like so generous of spirit, like literally a walking angel. And if anybody does want to take classes to enrich their songwriting experience, I took one there that totally changed my life. And I think for anybody who's kind of just starting to get into music, it's really good. Uh, It was uh, music theory for songwriters. And that really was what upped my game the most out of any class I've taken um, because it helped me learn how to transpose music. It really taught me chord theory. And that I think that class took me from just being like a singer who writes some songs but doesn't really understand things into being a legitimate musician. And do you have any creative routine like morning pages? How do you how do you uh, prevent yourself from having writer's block and all that? So. I meditate every morning when I wake up. I've done that for over a year now. I started it at the beginning of 2019. I think since I started January 1st, 2019, I've only missed probably 10 days, which is pretty great. I think it's probably the most consistent I've ever been about anything. And the one I've been recently doing, which I think I talked about on last week's podcast of Unleash Your Inner Creative, is the awe meditation. And that one is super, super powerful. It sounds totally bizarre, but um, basically like you're calling up energy to like go through your body and like it comes in through your root chakra, which is basically like where your no-no zone is and (laughs) goes all the way through your body and goes out through your third eye, which is right in between your eyebrows. And it, it, I never feel more connected to God than when I do this meditation in conjunction with prayer. Um, I also usually, I'm, I was raised Catholic, so I start out the day with saying an Our Father, a Hail Mary, and a Glory Be, just because I feel like it really grounds me. And then I just get at my day. Ideally, there was a time when I did morning pages, and that has been one of the most creative times of my life. It's really hard for me, though. Sometimes I can't get into journaling. So what I've been doing recently, I don't do it in the morning. I do it whenever I have time is I just write out whatever is going on with me that day. And that's been really helping me. 
And I also indulge any fleeting thought I have. So lately I've been having, a since I've started these ah meditations, I've had a lot of poetry come to me. So as soon as a poem starts coming, I start writing it down and that helps me to, to flow. And ever since I've been doing that, keeping the journal, doing the ah meditation and letting like the poetry come out whenever it comes out, I felt a lot more able to write music. I think you know, when you're not letting yourself be creative, it's like anything else. If you don't use it, you lose it. You're not going to lose it, but it's a lot harder to access because you build up these mental barriers. But if you're engaging your creativity several times a day, even if that's just like letting yourself pause and look around and making up a story about the tree that's outside, I don't know. It allows that creative energy to get unblocked and start flowing. And then you're more able to access it in the areas that you really care about, like songwriting. Yeah, that's that's a reason why you do all of these exercises in your podcast, right? For example, uh, uh, this week, the challenge is the word blue. So you have to do something creative with the word blue, you know, right? Well, I started doing that, yeah, because in quarantine, I had been feeling really blocked. And I think it's because, mm. you know, we get inspired by the outside world. And when we're not able to go yeah. into the outside world, it's really hard. Also, There's a lot of depressing stuff going on, which can make you feel like you don't want to do anything. So for me, what I call it is having a container. Having a container of creativity gives you the opportunity to create something within somewhat tight boundaries, but then you have the flexibility within those boundaries to do whatever you want. And sometimes we just need a spark. So that creative challenge that I've been doing every week where I give somebody a word and then you make anything based off of it opened me up because now I'm like, okay, I know what I, the word that I need to create off of and I can create anything I want. And some weeks I've written songs, some weeks I've done poems, some weeks mm. I um, did like a drawing, like one, you know, it's whatever comes up. And I think just like giving yourself boundaries when you're blocked can actually free you up. Yeah. And I think also that sometimes taking a little bit of a break from, you know, what you're doing, from music or whatever, and just, for example, be with your family or just be with your nieces, babysitting or playing or, like you say, try to be a child for a couple of times or for a yeah. while and then come back with your with your songwriting or with whatever you're doing. Uh, probably that's uh, another strategy of, of gaining creativity. Uh, do you think so? Definitely. I think, you know, burnout is a real thing. And if you're feeling burned out, Pushing yourself mm -hmm. isn't going to make anything good. Mm. So know when you need to sleep, know when you need to rest, know when you need to take a week or two off from trying to create things and just be a person. If you're not mm -hmm. fully filled yeah. as a person, you have no foundation to create off of. So Correct. let yourself sit in, if you're lucky enough to have a backyard, let yourself go sit in the backyard. If you, if you don't have a backyard, go sit in the park, like take in nature, get back to a level where you feel like a human being and then create from that place versus from an empty vessel. Have you ever had any side job that was not creative related? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so many. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, back in college, I was a telemarketer. That was really interesting. Okay. But it's funny because when I was a telemarketer, I look back on it. and I was like, oh, I was podcasting because I would get in trouble because I'd keep these people on the phone for like 30 to 45 minutes, get their whole life story and then not get the money at the end. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that was one. And then after I graduated, 
I ended up working at a yoga studio. But every time I had a job that wasn't creative, I would make it creative. So I was the front desk girl, but I renamed it Zen. I love it. I renamed the job Zen (laughs) Ambassador. So I thought of my job as the person that was like the the ambassador of Zen of the yoga studio. So I had to make everything nice and like peaceful and a pleasant environment. So I did that for a couple of years. I worked. This was somewhat creative and I ended up getting represented by these people, but I worked as a receptionist at an acting agency. I mm-hmm. did um, auto shows. I traveled the country talking about Scion cars, which is uh, was at this time a part of Toyota. The brand has since gone under. That was probably my favorite day job I ever had. It was such a fun job. I learned so much about cars. I got to travel all over the country. But while I was doing that job, um, I would make up songs in my head and then run back to the break room and like sing them into my phone and then go back out onto the auto show floor. So I was always finding ways to make them creative. The last job I had before I ended up getting my producing gigs and and doing uh, producing and, and podcasting and music full time was I was passing out kettle chips. Do you know kettle chips? No. Okay. They're delicious. I still love them to this day, but I did this for a year passing out kettle chips all around Los Angeles. So I would oh, like, yeah, I know. <laughs> haul I know 50 pound boxes of <laughs> chips into the back of oh this gosh. big kettle chip van that we had to drive all over LA. Then we crank around these carts all over Los Angeles and just pass out chips. It was truly bizarre. It gave me so much respect for people who work physical labor jobs. Cause mm. that was like t- physically the toughest job I ever did. And yeah, it was super humbling because at that time I was working part-time at Sirius XM. So like in the mornings I would be with celebrities producing the show. And then in the afternoons I was wearing sweaty, schleppy kettle chip <laughs> shirts, passing out chips to all of, all of Los Angeles. So I'm like, what is going on? Like there's never been such a high low <laughs> to passing out chips while sweating and lifting 50 pound boxes. It was, it was very, very humbling. I'm grateful I had the opportunity to do that because um, it, it just gave me a lot of respect for anyone who's in a physical labor job, but also what I have now grateful for it to the, to the hilt. Yeah, I was just asking that because there are a lot of musicians and creative people that go through that a lot, including myself. Sometimes you have to go to work to do that album that you really love, that you really want, you know, your your first album. And, you know, it becomes just part of your story. That's exciting because aren't you excited to be able to tell someone I did this for this many years and then I made it? You know, people who have everything perfect mm-hmm. in life, God bless them, but they're not interesting. Struggle. <laughs> And pain and surviving pain is what makes us interesting. And so I'm not saying don't seek pain out, but if you're in the midst of it and you're struggling right now, know that it's part of your story. And if you can find meaning in it, that's what gives you depth. That's what gives you compassion. That's what gives you empathy. And it makes you a deeper artist. Is someone in your family creative? Did you Have you been raised in a creative family? No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let me take that back. My mom is extremely creative, but she didn't pursue it. So my mom, when I was little, actually wrote children's books. And she went to New York a bunch of times to try to get them published. But it didn't work out the first few times she went there. And this was a very different world. You know, this was the mid-90s. So 
there was no like mass submission. So she was going to individual publishers and cold calling them, bringing in the book. And so my mom has one of the most creative and hilarious minds of anyone I've ever met. So I'm sure that rubbed off on me. My dad also, I found out recently, like was interested in becoming an actor, but didn't even consider it because he's first generation Italian. So my grandfather came over on Ellis Island and I think his number one concern was getting out of he wasn't in, I wouldn't say poverty, but they didn't have very much growing up. You know, they were maybe lower middle class or maybe even, I don't, lower class sounds so mean, but like basically they were a working class family. And so I think my dad's number one goal was to make money to get out of that. And so he became a financial planner and became very successful that way, but didn't really allow himself to indulge any of his creative desires. That said, growing up, my parents always encouraged me to be creative. When I was little and they would read to me, I would memorize the stories and like, quote unquote, read the book back to them. Or I would make up my own stories in the book. They always encouraged that. When I was being weird and making up songs, they encouraged it. They didn't say, why are you doing that? They didn't stifle anything. When I wanted to do a play when I was three years old, I I said to my mom, you know, mommy, I want to be up there doing that. And she got me enrolled in the local theater group. So every time I had a creative desire, they allowed me to follow it, but they never put anything on me or forced anything on me. And they weren't necessarily living their lives in a creative way. My mom worked for the airlines her whole life as like a ticket agent. Um, And like I said, my dad was a financial planner. But within the house, we were creative. And within my own desires, they always encouraged me to be creative. Do you have imposter syndrome? Oh, yeah, definitely. And like, how do you deal with it? Well, with music, I do because I feel like I kind of hacked my way into that, you know, like I didn't go to music school. I didn't know I could write music till I was 23. So who am I to write music? But I also, I guess I deal with it by saying like, well, the gift came to me for a reason. It's in my heart. And I don't believe God puts things in our heart to mess with us. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of success in it so far. So I'm just going to keep going. And if I don't do this, I will be angry with myself for the rest of my life and I don't want to be angry with myself. So I'm going to do it. And I I might be afraid of other people's judgments, but until I hear them say something, then I don't get to react to something that didn't happen. Like nobody's outwardly judged me yet and said, hey, you don't belong in the music Mm. industry. So why am I... Why am I thinking that kind of thing? The reason I'm thinking is because I'm trying to save myself from pain because I'm scared. And so realizing that fear sometimes is there because it's like protecting you from getting hit by a bus. But most of the time it's there because it's it's a liar and it's it will do anything it can to keep you from achieving what you want to because it wants to keep you safe but safe is boring and safe doesn't create growth and safe doesn't get you your dreams safe keeps you in your comfort zone right and sometimes that i mean okay you have this imposter syndrome but then it's crazy because you see a small thing happen for example you got featured on people magazine that that it's huge and then it's like okay god is giving you that little sign Probably you're not a superstar right now, but he gave you that little sign. Okay, you are featured in this blog that it's like a huge blog. And that's for me that I would consider that like a huge win. Oh, my gosh. That was the biggest thing that ever happened to me, you know, and I feel like still like 
no matter what happens, anyone can say anything they want. But for the rest of my life, I get to say that I was featured in People Magazine for my music. They specifically wanted to write about me because of my music. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What? And they talked about my podcasting career, but really it was more so for my music. And so, yes, you do have to take every win and not just the People Magazine wins. You also take the wins of somebody who said they liked your song and that it made them feel less alone. You take the wind of somebody who said you inspired them to do their own path. You know, Mm -hmm. like there's all these small wins all the time, but you'll learn on this podcast I do with this lady coming up next week. We're so focused on the negative because it leaves a deeper impact because it leaves a deeper scar that we miss all these small affirmations. So I would say keep your eyes peeled for the small affirmations because they're coming at you all the time. But we're so scared of something negative happens that we're almost like we have our guard up and we're looking for it. Instead, assume that good things are coming towards you all the time and you'll be shocked at how much does. What was the reason and the engine that made you start with that podcast? I really can feel all your emotion that you put there. So just tell me a little bit about it. It was a couple different things. I'd wanted to host a show since I was little, so there was that piece of it. But the reason I did this particular show is because of my experience. My experience is being out in the world, Mm -hmm. pursuing a creative life. All of my greatest joys and Mm -hmm. greatest pains have come from creativity. Most of my greatest pains have Mm -hmm. come from creativity that I repressed. And so I had this thought that I realized is definitely true, and that is repressed creativity is a cause of some of the world's greatest suffering. Whether it's not putting out your creative project, whether it's not having a child that you always wanted to have, whether it's never starting that business, that kind of regret is something you never get over and that you think about at the end of your life. I wanted to help people not have that kind of regret because I don't want to live with it and it breaks my heart when I see other people living with it. So I thought if I can do a podcast that helps people unleash that part, that helps them get over the fear to do the thing that's on their on their soul then at least I can have a small part in making the world just slightly happier and slightly more peaceful. The other reason is because even if you're not in a traditional creative path, in 50 years, 80% of all jobs are going to require creativity. It's one of the few things that computers can't replicate. So not only is it necessary on a soul and spiritual level, on a really practical life skill level, you need to learn how to be a creative thinker so that you can be financially viable in the future. Oh my God, you left me speechless. I can't speak right now. Take your time. Would you recommend uh, musicians to start their podcast and why? Because first of all, it's just another mode of marketing that's pretty much free. You probably have a microphone already. So why wouldn't you just start doing it, especially now when everybody's doing remote interviews? It's so easy. And you know what? Big people are saying yes to interviews because they're bored. So it's a great way to connect. It's a great way to market yourself. It's a networking tool at the end of the day. And if you're a musician, your ear already works in that way. That's why I was able to grow as a pot. Like Mm. I'm, I literally have, um, I think every single podcast I produce is on the top 200 charts right now. Wow. I only started producing podcasts and radio shows five years ago. So it's because of my musician's ear that I was able to grow so quickly in such a competitive industry. And there's no reason to not have another tool in your belt. Also, by the way, a lot of people have interviewed me or given me music opportunities because they're interested in what I do with the podcasting world. So like I said, one hand washes the other. 
Why not put more eggs in your basket? It is a lot of work. A lot of people think that they can just set up a mic and just talk into it. I'm telling you, every single person who I produce, no matter how big the size of their team is, says, wow, that was a lot more work than I thought it was going to be. And it can burn people out. So you need to be prepared for that. But that said, if you're willing to work and you have a good ear, why would you not give yourself another outlet? Last question. Where can we find you? And is there something you want to promote? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, I have my next single coming up on June 26th. It's called mm -hmm. Like a Bomb, and it's about setting a boundary in a relationship. Basically, that moment where you're saying, listen, I love you so much, but this repeated pattern that you keep engaging in is going to break us up. So either you're going to change, and you're going to change because you want to change, or we're going to end our relationship. And that's what the song's about. Comes out on Friday, June 26. I'm really excited. It's probably my favorite production out of any of the songs on the upcoming EP. And so you can get that on all music streaming platforms. I'm also this coming week going to be um, promoting a pre-save link. So I'd love it if you pre-saved it. Yes. And you, yes. And you can follow me at Lauren Legrasso. Um, that's L-A-U-R-E-N-L-O-G-R-A-S-S-O everywhere and at unleash your inner creative on Instagram and Facebook and at you are inner creative on Twitter and listen to my podcast unleash your inner creative on all podcast platforms. Please leave a rating and review, leave a rating and review for this podcast. Also, one other thing I want to say is if you like this show, take a screenshot and tag both of us and I will repost it. I can't speak for you, but I will definitely repost oh. it. Um, because it really helps bring visibility to the show and to the conversation and helps more people be creative, which, uh, as you know, I think is one of the most important things that we can do in life. Wow, that was awesome. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. And here I'm going to say some takeaways of what Lauren just said. One, audio is the most powerful medium. It's not just music. It's not just talking. It's audio as a whole. Two, one of the reasons it's good for a creative to do another creative project other than they may pursue is because it gives you a lot of courage when you go back to the thing is in your main field. Three, I got over fear when I realized that if I don't put this out, I'll never be okay. Four, and when it's judgment day, tell me what you're gonna say you'll be on my knees feeling everything you did to me. Five, every time I do a meditation, keep my journal and letting my poetry come out whenever it comes out, I feel a lot more able to write music. Six, if you're engaging your creativity several times a day, it allows that creative energy to get unblocked and start flowing and you are more able to access in the area that you really care more about, like songwriting. Seven, know when you need to sleep, know when you need to rest, know when you need to take a week or two and create and just be a person. If you are not filled as a person, you have no foundation to create out of. Eight, struggle, pain, and survival pain is what makes us interesting. Nine, we're so focused in the negative because it leaves us a deeper scar. We have to take every win. Ten. In 50 years, 80% of our jobs will require creativity. It's one of the few things that computers can't replicate. You need to be a creative thinker so that you can be financially viable in the future. Thank you so much 
for tuning in. Thank you so much for joining this. And make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, and just follow me on Instagram, Alessa Ray. Have a great week, and I'll leave you with a song of mine. <laughs>